Good day, community, and welcome to the Jock Reynolds Supercoach Podcast. I'm Lech Dog, and I'm here with the man in the West. It's Damo. How are you, you beautiful bastard? I'm all right. I'm all right. We're getting through. We're getting through. Obviously, WA probably doing a little better than we are down here in Vic, but hey, let's not talk about that. Let's talk about football, and let's first thank Telebeats for the wonderful intro that everyone has heard. Damo, it's panic stations this week. Everyone just about has injuries. The person who was the top scorer for the round had a donut in their on their field. The world's got topsy-turvy. Primos aren't outputting premium output. And Dan Butler is one of the top-ranked supercoach players this year. The world's gone nuts. Yeah, well, a lot of things are happening that you wouldn't have thought is happening. Like, as you said, Dan Butler, one of the top-scoring forwards in supercoach, one of the top-scoring players this year, and it's... It's Dan Butler. It's Dan Butler. He's a small forward. It's Dan Butler. Matthew Rowell, the number one draft pick, is the second highest scoring midfielder. And the Geelong Cats have come out and said they are going to tag him this week. Like, they're going to tag him because he's so good. What a world we're living in. He's already gained over 270k. He's doubled in price, basically. It's... The world's crazy, but obviously, Damo, we need to get straight in this. We need to just go through these injuries. How are we going to replace them? If you've got a lot of injuries, I think my priority this year in a shortened season is replacing these injuries as quickly as possible rather than sometimes you focus on your your guys who are going to lose cash before you fix your injuries. But this year, points on field matter, Damo. Let's fix some injuries. I think the big one that's going to affect quite a lot of people, probably, uh, probably the most... Heartbreaking one, given the form he had to start the year, is Jeremy Howe of the Collingwood Magpies. He's out. He did his, what was his, MCL and his PCL? So he's he's out. He maxed out at 536k. His break-even's still next to nothing, and he still managed to score 112 on the weekend, Bamo. But we've got to get rid of him. We've got to trade him. Um, he's probably not going to play regular season footy again this year. How can we replace him, and who do we look to? It depends what people, uh, how much money people have and what sort of swinging options that they have in their team, whether they've got Stasevich or Rivers that they can swing into their defence or not. Um, I personally think Nick Haynes is probably one of the safest ones to pick up as a replacement. 514k, he he's pretty much a straight sideways swap. You don't get any money from it really. Is no, There's no... There's nothing beneficial on the money factor there, but I think he's probably the safest option. Um, he's consistent too. Obviously, with Phil Davis out for, with a hamstring, the, it, there is a chance it could affect it. I don't think it will, though, but there is a chance that it could. But then again, it's only, like I said, it's only two to three weeks that Phil Davis is out. It's 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 And he's going to be points on your field, and he did average over 100 from round 20 last year, pretty much all the way through to the grand final as well. So I think he's a really, really good option at 514k. Lowest score of 97 for the year. Um, I think he's the the number one option for, for me. What about a guy like Braden Maynard, who's at 517k? His break-even's all the way down to 55, and uh, he is the 18th ranked player on the season scored 104 105 125 and 118 is he someone you'd look at or are we concerned about what that defense might look like without Jeremy Howe uh, Madgen might come back in or Magden I don't know how to say his name 
Um, are we? Is that our concern on Braden Maynard? Sorry, can we just pause for a second? Yeah. My neighbours are fucking mowing the lawn in the middle of fucking pouring rain. Well, against against GWS, they tried to tag Jeremy Howe using Stephen Gnigliog. So, Which... d- uh, doesn't make sense to me either, but... Um, <laughs> I could do a whole podcast on that. I could do a whole podcast on it, but I'll... But- does that mean Braden Maynard now gets tagged? Or what 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 happens? Like and can he handle a tag? Like he's never scored like this before and he's probably never got the got attention before because no one really knows who he, who he is until he's now one of the one of their most damaging players off off that half back line and who knows how it's going to affect moving forward. It's hard. Look I don't know. I would tag him. He's been so efficient with the ball this year, uh, has Braden Maynard. But if you if you want to back him, back him. But there's a couple of question marks around that Collingwood defence now. Uh, Howe was obviously scoring very well, getting the tag. Maybe they don't bother tagging anyone. But yeah, that's something to worry about for uh, for Maynard. And a couple other options to replace Howe, Damo. If you've got cash, Jake Lloyd... You know, he's 589k. You know what you're going to get from him. He's probably overpriced, but hey, he's going to score your tons. He's had one shit game. It was round one since then, a 145 and a couple of tons. He's an option. Um, He's not a pot option, but Damo, I know we've uh, spoken about a lot of guys before. Caleb Daniel's another one, but I don't want to talk about him. The one I want to talk about is... Well, there's two guys from the Essendon Football Club. Adam Saad at 495k and Jordan Ridley at 410k. Do either of these guys interest you? Jordan Ridley. He he interests me a hell of a lot um, for, for a couple of reasons. He saves me a bit of money. Um, he's averaging 109.3. He's got a break-even of 9 um, and he and if you pick him up, he only needs to average 75. Obviously, you want him to average more than that, but he only needs to average 75 for his investment to, to be worth it. So he's pumped out a 194 and a 134 this year. Obviously, there's another benefit in that he seems likely, although who knows what's going on with the season now, but it seems likely that he's going to get a double point crack for you at some stage or a crack at a score twice in one round. Um, and Damo, I agree. 120 grand it makes you. He's breaking into nine. He's going to jump again. He's projected to jump another 40k this week with a score of 93. So I really like him as an option. Um, he's playing, watching him play against the Blues. He was playing a lot of intercept footy, a lot of switching. Was really solid for them. Was really impressive. And then Adam Saad. We. He's very up and down as a player in super coach sense. Seems to have turned a corner this year. Has pumped out a 110, 100, and a 131. Maybe slightly more proven, but it's going to cost you an extra 80 grand. So I agree that Ridley is probably the selection there. To be honest, I'm bringing in Ridley and Haynes at this point because I've got Tom Stewart as well. Um, but um, I've got I've actually got a few options in 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 my head that I'm trying to that I'm trying to weigh up. Well, let's talk about it. If you do have Stewart as well, obviously collarbone. Damo, you're telling me he's going to be out for bloody months, which stuffs my dynasty league. <laughs> Didn't realize a collarbone was that much of an injury. Who are you looking at? Is there anyone outside of the guys we've already mentioned that you're looking at for a replacement of Tom Stewart? 
Well, I've I've narrowed it down to three scenarios. Um, I've either I'm either going how and Stuart to Ridley and Haynes, um, and leaving 132k in my bank so I can start doing some upgrading next week, or I'm either doing how and Stuart to Caleb Daniel and Nick Haynes with no money left over, um, or I can do how and Stuart to Haynes or Daniel and Hill, and that leaves me like. 400k left over I like the idea of having some cash just because of the amount of injuries we've had but I'm also about maximising those points on the field um, there's there's a couple of other guys who played on the weekend who I've seen their names floating around on the website I just want to get a yes or no Jake Kolodjajny scored 115 demo uh, it's a no from me clearly but it's a no from me as well fantastic uh Mark O'Connor, who, thank you for trading him to me in our Keeper League, by the way, Patch, if you're listening, he scored 106 on the weekend after Stuart went down with injury. Maybe this is his time to shine. Been on the list for a couple of years now, or a few years now. I'm not sure how old he is now. It feels like it's been forever. Is he someone that we could consider? It's a no. It, yeah, it's a no from me. I just wanted to mention that uh, I swindled him out of Patch's team. Um, and then the other one, Brad Shepard has averaged... Uh, I know he's a West Coast player and you probably hate him. Averaging 90 for the year, 455k. I'm not usually what I would look for in Supercoach, but has scored a 94, a 99, and a 102. He also scored a 67 in that smashing from the Gold Coast. Is Brad Shepard a pod that someone should look at? He's done this before. He did, he did this at the beginning of last season as well and then, and, then scored, and then averaged like 70 for the rest of the year. I don't think... I don't think this scoring is something that he can maintain. Yeah. And I haven't mentioned Daniel Rich because obviously every one listening to the pod would already have him in their team demo. Fife, you're a Fremantle man. What's going on there? Well, he's listed as one to two weeks. Um, If you listen to Jason Weber, who's the Fremantle High Performance Manager, he, he says... The wording is, he says, one, maybe two weeks. But obviously they don't want to rush him back because they don't want him to re-injure it. But he also mentions how Fife is really diligent in, in taking care of his body. And um, just, by the, just by the wording of, of what he says in the injury update, it just makes it sound like him missing uh, a game at all is a, an incredibly cautious uh, movement by the club just based on the results that they got. Yes, so they played Saturday when he sustained the injury. This Saturday, as the current schedule stands, I believe they play Melbourne, or has this not been updated yet? No, they play Adelaide on Sunday, early game. Oh, yes, sorry, apologies. I'm looking at the wrong fixture. I'm looking at the the wrong fixtures. Right, so they play against Adelaide. Then they are supposed to be playing Melbourne the following week, um, which who knows if that's going to happen. And that's supposed to be in Queensland. It's really hard to make calls on an injury. The reason I was going to bring this up is because the following week after that, round seven, so that would be the two games he missed, and then round seven is a Sunday game. So effectively, you know, in a few extra days of recovery. But we don't actually know who they're going to play or where they're going to play, do we, Demo? So we can't really base it on when the Fremantle games are. Yeah, correct. If he does miss two games, that's 11%, if my maths is correct, of the remaining games, which doesn't 
sound too bad. It's manageable. It's if it blows out that I worry. And because I'm greedy and I think we've got the trades this year, I'm probably going to look to trade him myself. I've only got him and Howe as the injuries this year prior to teams coming out. If we were looking to trade him, Demo, is there anyone who just jumps out at you as someone who we have to bring in? So I've got two names down. It's and it's not the obvious picks because everyone's saying Marcus Montempelli, Patrick Dangerfield, or all, all, all of those players, Jai Simkin, etc. All those players. I've got Luke Parker. His lowest like score. It. His lowest score for the year is one hundred and nine. Um, and Mitch Duncan, no score below one hundred and ten. One hundred percent. Mitch Duncan is uh, close to the top of my list as. A guy I'd look to trade in. We talked about him on the live stream um, the other day. He has been so consistent. He's always consistent. I was I was thinking maybe that him scoring so well was partly impacting Dangerfield, but we saw that they can both score really well on the weekend. So Mitch Duncan for consistency for pot ownership is one that I really like. And Luke Parker is in a similar position uh, this year. He's... Only increased in price by 17k, despite having pumped out, yeah, a 125, a 109, a 113, and a 120. So, of those two, gun to your head, who would you take? Luke Parker. I agree. I think consistency from Mitch Duncan's nice, but do you feel like Parker has a bit more of an upside? I feel like Parker's more likely to pump out one of those massive scores because he can spend time forward, he can impact the scoreboard, whereas... Even though Mitch Duncan can do that as well, he doesn't do it as often. And when he's put forward, he doesn't affect the play as much as Luke Parker can. Yeah, I think Parker, you're right, has the ability to hit the scoreboard, go 155 plus, and really, you know, they're both pods. I think he's more likely to have the 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 high ceiling. Other guys I've looked at, which are more expensive, Travis Boak, he's still only in two percent of teams. On the weekend, he only had the 90, but still averaging, uh, what's he averaging for the year? 121 for the year. Obviously, he's a great player, yet last year was his career best year for Supercoach, off the top of my head. Andrew Gaff is in a similar boat, where he's averaging 122, 121 for the year, same as Boak. Uh, but those guys, you're not making a lot of money from the five downgrade. You're only making, what, about 50k? Is this an opportunity for us, Demo, to if you're trading him, both make cash and get some nice pod value into our team. Well, given Fife is almost 700k, I believe it's 673k or something along those lines. 670 after his uh, slight price drop over the weekend. There is the option to turn Fife and Howe or Fife and Stewart into two good five about into two good 600k players so effectively if you have someone like um like a Trent Rivers or a Brandon Stasevich in your midfield and you can swing them back then maybe then then maybe you trade Howe and Fife to Luke Parker and Mitch Duncan or maybe you or or, or, or maybe you trade you know it's just, or maybe you trade one to Luke Parker and one to Bontempelli, who's about to rise up in price thanks to his monster game on the weekend against Sydney like how how you do these moves um, could probably be what makes or breaks your team, or not breaks your team, but could could be what sets you apart from the, from the teams move, moving forward. 
Yeah, the, the temptation is going to be to go... For me, I'm looking at doing exactly that. I want to bring in two 600k players into my team for how and for Fife and sort of try and maximise the points on field where I can. But there are some cheaper options, which Patch mentioned to us in the group chat. Took Miller is averaging 111 this year. He's been consistent. He's only 520k, so you'd make 150k going down to him. I'm just pulling up his scores now because my internet isn't loading. Yeah, he scored a 111, a 98, a 126, and a 111. Is Took Miller the real deal? He looked really good in the game against um, in the game against Adelaide and West Coast. Have to admit, I turned off the Frio game. I, I, when it's a game as close as that, I have to admit I can't sit through it. I start yelling at the TV and obscenities and and all that sort of stuff, and I got to turn it off. If if I'm not at the game live, then I like that I can turn it off. Um, but I mean, he is definitely an option. But Gold Coast have had a really good start to the year under Stuart Jew the last two years and then they've just dropped off out of nowhere. So can he hold it up? I, I'm i not convinced. Yeah, it's not a risk I'm willing to take. I think if I'm going to take a risk on a guy in that mid-500 range, it would be Hugh McCluggage, who we spoke about preseason a lot as a breakout contender. Many people jumped off him after two rounds of poor scores, but he's bounced back with a 155 and a 141, admittedly against a terrible West Coast and a absolutely dreadful Adelaide. Is is now the time to jump on Hugh McCluggage, break even of 13, 530k? I put him in the same basket as Jordan Ridley. Um, I think if you jump on him, the worst case scenario, you make a bit of money. Fair. There's And there's one other guy, and I'm kicking myself I didn't bring him in. He was in contention to go into my my team this this week, but I uh, I played it safe and bought in Jack Martin for a 56. Great. Thank you. Well done. Thanks, Jack. Love you. Remember when you played midfield all game last week? Anyway, uh, Brandon Parfitt has pumped out two tons to start the year, and he's only 449k forward mid eligible. You're probably not sitting him in your midfield, but... Just another one that I like as a as a cash generator. If you went Fife to uh, Parfit, it nets you. Let me tell you exactly what it nets you. I can't. I can't work it out. I'm too dumb. It's about two hundred. I don't know, thirty k. He's one that I like. Do you have any thoughts on him? Should I trust him or is it a, a fool's errand? I don't trust Chris Scott. I I'm not sure if I can. I, I'm I'm. Happy to trust the players, but I'm not happy to trust Chris Scott. And when Chris Scott makes late changes all the goddamn time, I'm not sure if I can trust any Geelong players unless they're entrenched in that 22, um, like Fife and Duncan, like Dangerfield and Duncan is. Yeah, yeah, Chris Scott. I I hate some coaches, and one of them is Luke Beveridge, and one of them is Chris Scott, because uh, they make our lives hard as super coaches. And I just wanted to shout out the Warpedo, James Warple, um, showing us what we thought we'd expect, get from him every game this year on the weekend at 133. But let's move on down the list, because, and I think that those injuries, um, or those players we've talked about replacing for five demo, we can apply to a Dane Zorko. If you do have Dane Zorko, he's out for three Um all of those players are applicable to that situation, aren't they? 
Uh, Zach Merritt is suspended for a week. I think we hold him. Uh, Zach Williams is out for three to four weeks. Uh, oh, uh, given if, if, if it was... If, if it's definitely three to four weeks, you could probably get away with holding him, but given how short the season is, I'd probably move him on. Uh, Luke Bruce is is out for two to three weeks with a fractured jaw. He, he ran into Todd Goldstein. Um... Sam Naismith is out for the season with his knee injury. That's a big one. What should coaches do with him if they, if they've got him at R two or well R two is worst case scenario, but R two or R three, and they've got no other injuries, um, which I find hard to believe. What should they be doing with this guy? If you've got him at R two, I and um, I would try and I hate condoning um, sideways trades, but I would probably. Move him and an underperforming primo, so you can get a decent ruck replacement. If you've got him at R three and your R one and two is all sorted, you could probably look at like a Tristan Cherry or a or a someone <laughs> like like yeah. that. Like I I agree. By the way, I think I underestimated how good the ruck forward R three flexibility would be this year. Uh, as someone who doesn't have any swing ability in that, but I think going for a, a Tristan... Is it Cherry? There you go. Get him in. I, th- I think that's the right move to make. Unfortunately, Naismith's just really, really unlucky. But if you've got him at R2, you have to absolutely upgrade him. If you can't get all the way up to a Todd Goldstein, a Brody Grundy, or a Max Gorn, is there any other mid-tier Ruckman you could jump to, Damo? Um, so if you've got, if you got Naismith and you want to move up to like a mid-tier Ruckman, you could go for Tim English? Oh, boom! Jesus. Now, I've been very defamatory of Tim English over the, the last two years. I will say this. He's looked pretty good the last two weeks. And his price is rising and his break-even is plummeting. 120 against GWS and 145 against Sydney. Gets smashed in the hitouts and the clearances and well, hitouts and um, and the ball-ups, but just seems to get it done around. And was it you that was telling me, Damo, he used to be a, like a wing player, but just grew too tall? Exactly right, yeah. He used to be like a tall, big-bodied mid and then had a growth spurt that effectively just ruined his chances of ever being drafted as a midfield. Like, he ha- had to be a ruckman just at how tall he grew. He's capable of hitting the scoreboard as well. He's been a bit inaccurate this year, but he can get on the scoreboard. So, well, I don't condone it. Uh, YOLO. It's the year to YOLO, man. Um, for another 85k, you could go for Jared Witz. He'd probably be the one. He's proven. He he know he can score well. He's got a really good midfield. Well, seemingly got a really good midfield around him this year. Yeah. And um, Toby Nankervis scored 184 on the weekend, and he's 427k. How the hell did he do that? He scored 27 in round one. Oh. All right, we're getting silly now. Uh, There's a few other injuries floating around. Zeeble's injured again. Asprey's out for a few weeks, so who knows how that affects some pods, potential pod selections at Richmond. But I think think we've covered the the core injuries. Um, Let's talk about some positive news. Let's talk about some positive news, because a couple of weeks ago, um, Sam Sturt was on the bubble and lots of people jumped on, and then it looked like he absolutely just broke his leg. Um, turned out to be an ankle injury. It was initially three to five weeks. Um, he is a test to play this week. That's encouraging. 
that's really encouraging. And I, I think if they weren't th- seriously thinking about name in, they wouldn't name him as a test. I think, what is it? It's a Sunday game against Adelaide? Sunday against Adelaide, yeah, the early game yeah. on on the Sunday. Yeah, I, I think they're uh, I think they're thinking about playing him. I, I don't know who else comes out of that lineup. You you're the the free man or man. Um, oh, another positive piece of news, by the way, before as well, which you can talk to is um, Stephen Hill returned to the Fremantle Dockers. Yeah, and, and as I said earlier, I'm, I was looking at him as a possible replacement for Howe or Stewart, and to give me a good amount of money left over, but. He, he scored 53 in the first quarter and then 18 points for the rest of the game. So who knows if his fitness is all there yet for a full game. And and I don't, and don't the good thing about having your price rise, having your price, what, you, what you're priced at is your, is, is your first score. And so it means he won't rise a lot in price um, after this game, meaning we can have another look at him. Um, he'll, he'll creep into the 200 grand sort of ter- territory but but if he can improve on that 73 or even crack the ton then 200k or whatever he creeps to he could be a really good investment yeah it's there's a and there's a couple of guys in that boat now that we're i guess moving on to the younger players well not necessarily younger players but the cheaper players tom green is in a similar boat although we've seen two games from him he showed what he can do when Stephen guinigliog is playing forward in a defensive Buddy tagging roll for some goddamn reason. Why would you do that, Leon Cameron? Anyway, Tom Green scored ninety four on the weekend. He's another guy. If you don't have him, Damo, um, somehow I managed to hold him. Although, here's a story for you, Damo. Don't drink and prepare for Super Coach because I stuffed my loopholes this week and had Tom Green sitting on the bench with the E on him, but no way to get him on, and also no way to upgrade the play uh, picket to the player I wanted to upgrade him to because I stuffed up and was just an idiot. So don't drink and prepare, but Tom Green, is he someone we should try and get into our sights? I like him. He got the NAB Rising Star this week, but um, it isn't beyond Leon Cameron to drop players out of nowhere because Leon Cameron does have his preferred best 22. But I mean, he looked really good and he effectively won that game for them in that dying seconds. Like he stopped that ball moving quickly down, down that wing. He was... He was the champion for them on that day, and I hope he holds his spot. A couple other guys we ha- we've been able to have a look at now. Tom Williamson played his second game for a 76. I think between 76 and the 56-ish he had in round uh, last round. So that 65-ish, um, which I think he's averaging, is probably what to expect from him. But if you need a defensive cover, then you don't trust Stephen Hill. Tom Williamson's one to look at, but... Harley Bennell, if he's named this week and you don't have him, should you be trying to get him in? I He was really good um, in that game that he played. I mean, he only played technically a half of football, but he scored 59 for, what, 50% game time or, or, or something. So he's, he's scoring well for the amount of time on ground that he has, and... I think that he's really um, he's a really interesting prospect, considering Simon Goodwin said he's going to get rested quite regularly. Yeah, it's a he's a risky one for mine. I think I guess really unlucky for the coaches who did pick him up before that game was abandoned, and then he played in a practice match that doesn't count for Super Coach, and now they can't use him. That sucks. But 
yeah, I'm really torn on him. Really, really torn on him. Caleb Sarong debuted on the weekend. He scored a 71. He was, he was, uh, he got comfortable more as the game went on. And after Fife went went off, he attended pretty much every centre bounce from then on. He looks like he's comfortable at the level and he could be okay. Keziah Pickett, he played his second game. He only rose 20k, but and he's now about the same price as Caleb Strong at 178k. Caleb Strong's 175k. Um, he's another option. He seems to be safe, being recalled almost instantly to that side. I would say this week is the last chance you'll get to jump on. Latham Vandermeer, he's 176k. Um, he's averaging around 50. Um, so you, so if you want to jump on, you're not going to get many price rises out of him. But if you need to, he's there. Um, and then you've got the likes of Mitch Georgiades, Ben Davis, who are still to come back for their second game. Jack Marnie played his first game, scored a 50. He wasn't all that good. For North, he got more comfortable as the game went on, but wasn't fantastic. Zeri or Cherry, as we spoke about before, Louis or Lewis, I don't know any of these guys' names, Butler from uh, the Bulldogs debuted. Paholke finally played again for uh, for Adelaide, although he's more expensive at 220k, but looked good. Scored 74 super coach points. Looked was one of the players that when I was watching the game that I didn't hate from Adelaide. <laughs> Um, sorry to you, um, Baron Von Crow. We love you, but there, there are a few options for cash generation this week. So if you if you're willing to take a punt on one of these guys, and you think that the way I would be thinking about my rookies this week, demo is I'd be trying to pick the one that's going to score the most this week in particular, because if we're going from a five down to a um, I don't know, a Zeri. I don't know how you would do that. But if you're going a Fife down to a Zeri and he can produce points this week on field and you also bank that 500, 600k to upgrade next week, I think that's um, a good return. I'm greedy. I'll be going for two primos this week. Riley West um, played his first game for the year. He's 231k. He scored 74. So he's around this... He's in the same boat as Paholke. Um, his hair looks good, I'll tell you. If you were drafting on hair... He'd be up there. Jeezy looked straight, like looks like he's straight out of a late eighties, early nineties fashion magazine. That man. Those who held on to Justin McInerney were rewarded with a seventy-four. He looks like he is in Sydney's best twenty-five. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be matchup dependent for them, but he's. I I think they're going to play him more than they won't. Yeah, the game that he missed, he came out purely so they had a matchup for. Um, North Melbourne's key uh, defenders, pretty much. But And the, the awkward thing is uh, that at the moment, there's not a lot of clear options to downgrade to these rookies. If you've got, uh, you know, our cash cows haven't fattened yet. But at this stage in the season and with the shortened season, I think we need to be jumping on to these cash cows as, uh, as quickly as we can. And you're not going to get rewarded by holding on longer. Have your raccoon posted a really good if you fo- if by the way if you're on Twitter um, find at laughing raccoon follow him he's got some great advice or he or she has some great advice on there but they posted something about the uh, train leaving the station with rookies it's you're better off probably jumping on to uh, rookies earlier and not getting maximum cash cow value than 
uh, waiting in this shortened year where points are more important. Yeah, so there are a few rookies that you could probably look at trading out. Um, Curtis Taylor has a break-even of 39. Um, He's only projected to make another 7 or 8K this week. Um, Who knows what's happening with Marlon Pickett. He was best on ground in the Tigers' scratch match on the weekend, so he's a chance to be recalled. Who knows who Adam Trelaw comes back for for Collingwood, but... The, all the talk is that he's going to take Tyler Brown's spot. I would love if Tyler Brown could play one or two more games, but um, it's looking like it's going to be a straight swap, Tyler Brown for Adam Trelaw. The player I would keep, people were talking about offloading him, but now that Howe's out, I would actually keep John Noble. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I was close to flicking him last week, but he's came out, rewarded coaches with a 72. He's pushed the break even back down to 17. And don't know what the role looks like, but you'd expect his scoring to be around this seventy mark, which is which is good for. A yeah, I expect it to to be around the seventy, and it, it might even creep up to, to the eighty or ninety. He might even take Jeremy Howe's role as that drop off interceptor, a, a, a bit like Sam Sam Doherty. Hold, holding him could be the best thing that we do. How did how did we get this far without mentioning Sam Doherty? Oh my god, I love that man. I, I just love him. I love him. I love that man. That's all I can say. I love him. 185 supercoach points, leading from, not the front, but leading from behind in the Blues lineup. He's just, God, I missed him so goddamn much. Uh, do, we, do we need a towel on, in, in, in your office, Lek? I'll just use my signed Sam Doherty jersey to mop it up. Well, I think that's probably it, Damo. Thank you for joining me, and thank you for manning the uh, co-pilot seat. I don't know what they call it in aeroplanes. I guess it's a seat. Chair? Yeah, let's call it a seat. Let's call it a seat. The co-pilot seat. Thank you for manning that. It's been a bloody pleasure. Uh, We we, we got through a lot, but um, hopefully they understand most of what we were trying to say. Yeah, hopefully uh, we came through clearly. Community, if you're listening still... Make sure you hit us up on Facebook, Jock Reynolds. Just look up Jock Reynolds Supercoach Community or something. Jock Reynolds Community. Just look it up. You'll find it. It's on Twitter as well, Instagram. Go to jockreynolds.com.au to join in the conversation where we get a lot of these talking points from. Great to see. Damo, there was hundreds and hundreds of people commenting on the site over the weekend. It was beautiful to see. Yeah, it was one of the busiest I've ever seen the website, actually, so it was good. And go to Punt Life. They're not sponsoring us this episode, but go to Punt Life and get yourself a Jock Reynolds t-shirt. They're there. Look it up. Punt Life uh, store. Google it. You'll find it. Damo, it's been wonderful. I love you. You're an amazing human. Thank you.